0: Welcome to the 22nd episode of Prost Radio, Uh, I'm your host Peter Martin, founder of Enterprise Prost, he's a group to grow your business. Today we have Victoria Fleming from Buzztastic, good morning Victoria, do you want to say hi to the listeners and tell them about what you do?
1: Hi it's really nice to be here and hello everyone who's listening, Uh, my name is Victoria so thank you so much for um, introducing me so well and I love sales, that's really what I do, I help people to sell more and I help them to feel more confident, more excited, and more enthusiastic about selling. Because I think, I mean, I don't know about you, but a lot of people don't really like the S word. They don't like sales at all.
0: I don't know, it's crazy that you started that off with, I love sales. Like, I couldn't think of anything worse than trying to sell to anybody or be sold to. Like, when people stop me and say, how are you? I'll just go straight to the point. Tell me what you're selling. Give me the pitch. And I'll just say yes or no at the end. Like, don't don't bother with the potato. Um, it's, it,
1: it's so true. People don't want to be sold to. They just like, you like buying stuff, don't you? You like buying stuff. You just don't like being sold to.
0: I like buying stuff online. I don't like going to shops most of it. just a bit. But oh, oh shopping. But like you, being sold to, like you, you always get like some. I think you've described this—the it, horrible feeling in your stomach. Like it's probably one of the most sickest feelings you ever get when you're trying to sell.
1: I think that people do. I think people feel so awkward about selling. I think, yeah. especially, um, in a smaller business, when you're trying to sell your business, and even more so when the business is you and what you do, because yeah. then it feels like if I ask someone to buy what I do and they say no. They like personally rejected me it's i think it becomes very personal i think it's actually easier to sell in bigger organizations where you're like you know you're just selling a widget or you're selling a pen or you're selling a a thing because actually if someone says no to it it's like okay well never mind maybe the next person will want it but i think especially when you're uh, in smaller business i mean you care don't you?
0: you you do but like you said it is quite personal because we all know that really you know business is all about relationship building So if they don't want you, and then particularly if they go off somewhere else and pick somebody else, you kind of go, what was the difference? Like, I tried
1: my best for you. Yeah, you do. And I think it's really easy to take that really personally. I think, um, and I think we all have that. I think everybody who I ever speak to has had that. I think some of the thing for me is about trying to separate what you're selling from yourself. though, because just because they don't want the service that you're offering, doesn't mean that they don't like you or you're a bad person or they're not still your friend. But I think it's really difficult for us sometimes to differentiate those two things. Um, and actually to start to think, you know, I always think that yeah, quite often in sales they say you know every no is just a step on the way to your next yes and in real life actually I would rather someone said no to me than maybe run around after them for the next three months like not answering my calls or going oh um uh, I'll come back yes we will definitely need to I'll come back to you on that If you don't want it, just say no because actually the good thing is we can then both get on with our lives can't we but um yeah it, it sometimes can feel a bit like if they actually say no they feel like they're going to upset us and we feel like we are going to be upset but really it's not helpful for for either side to be honest with you
0: yeah i think there's a bit in our culture as well as well as selling we don't like letting people down so to say no to somebody is really awkward and we tend to just like string them along but it is much better i think just be brutally honest and go thanks very much but no thanks
1: <laughs> much yeah. easier. And actually, I mean, you know, in your business, you'd rather someone said no and just told you why, because then you can do something about it for next time, than yeah. just kept you going, just wasting your time, basically. And actually, I think, you know, for me, quite often some of the clients I'm working with, I was, I was talking to um, one, one of the um, financial advisor actually yesterday, who is been doing a lot of calls at the moment. And I was like, right, your, your mission here is to get them to say no. And he's like, but I don't want them to say no. I want them to say yes. I'm like, I know you want them to say yes. The thing is though, do not come off that phone until you've got an answer. So if it's not a yes, you want them to say no because actually then you can put it to bed and move on. And I think that that's really interesting because quite often if we get a maybe, we're really keen just to like, keep things like, Oh, okay, well, we'll maybe talk again in a week or maybe do this, that and the other, but actually a successful outcome is getting an answer. So even if that answer is no, then you can get on with your life. Like they can get on with their life. And if you've gone at networking, it's like not super awkward. You're not having to like hide or have that really, awkward conversation yeah. where like you're like in in a group situation and you want to say so yeah are you buying my stuff or what I mean you can't say it <laughs> Tell me. So instead, yeah exactly so instead you're like oh is everything all right yeah everything's all right and they're awkward and you're awkward and it's just like horrible so you know one of the things I think you can do to help yourself with sales is it's almost like just rip off the plaster make your offer and say, like, you know, do you want it? Yes or no? And seeing either of those responses as a good response and something you can work with, rather than um, just letting it drag out into so that Every time you see them, it's like, oh, you know what I mean?
0: I like how you use the no's as a countdown to the yeses. So you just get excited about the no's because you know your conversion rate and it's all about, you know. So when you know that, like, I have to speak to 100 people and I don't know 100 people this is how many usually convert you know that as soon as you get those no's you're closer to your yes i feel like, I like that mindset that you have
1: it's really you know what it really helps well because it, i think sometimes you can think i think especially if maybe you're doing more volume so especially if you're on the phone and you, you're going to make maybe 20 calls across the day if the first three calls are all no then it may you get the point where oh, i don't want to pick up the phone again i'm having a bad day actually if you know that you get get a yes one out of every seven calls. Then you're like, oh, it's fine. I just need to make another four calls, and one of them's going to say yes. Like, come on, here we go. So, <laughs> motivation. It, it can be really helpful. Yeah, it keeps your motivation up.
0: Do you want to tell us a little about your journey and like how you got to where you are today, being excited about sales?
1: <laughs> you know what? It's really funny. I, everyone always says, like, what about your journey? I always feel like I should have, you know, a really exciting backstory. And I, I don't really. I mean, I, I finished. Uni, My degree in ancient history and archaeology. I wanted to be Indiana Jones um, <laughs> when I grew up. I didn't want to be in sales when I grew up. I wanted to be Indy. Um, when I finished uni, I ended up working for one of the big local companies, which is Sage. they a big technology company. And I started in tech support. And actually, I credit, I did three and a half years in tech support. I also did training qualifications, a bit of time in sales. During that time. But I credit that was when I became a salesperson, really. I didn't know what I had at the time because, really, I think salespeople are just problem solvers. You have a problem, I can solve it, hooray! Um, and actually, really, the best salespeople, that's what they're doing, they're solving a problem for someone. So a lot of that came from that. And I spent like altogether, I was with Sage for 10 years, and that was a great stomping ground because equally I did a lot of work with um, small businesses and I always used to think oh my god they're so brave they're so brave they set up on their own they've done this I could never do that I always had that little thing they're so brave Um, and then in the the beginning of the recession, I went to work in the construction industry as you do still selling software but all of a sudden selling software into a market that um, kind of wasn't there anymore so I set up in ran a sales team and um we introduced a number of new innovations to keep us going through the recession um and then about six years ago now i sort of just said right you know what i want to be one of those brave people and i set up on my own (laughs) and i've been doing that ever since i've been really lucky and since i've set up i've got to do some really interesting corporate stuff with um with retail you know sort of like clothes shops with um banking with uh, telecoms companies with all sorts of different like really big corporates but then also with and small micro businesses and actually that's where i get the most excited because if you make big corporate an extra two million pounds they're like great brilliant it's another two million pounds if you can help a small business make an extra thousand pound a month that's huge because that's actually really life-changing for them and their business. And um, I've been really fortunate to be able to do both of those things uh, at the same time. So I'm super lucky. And after six years, I still love what I do and I still love to sell. So that's also really lucky because I think it's, I especially when you run your own business, it's really easy to fall out of love with some of the stuff you do. But I really love what I do. And I think, that's, um, I think that comes across and it helps people feel that, we know what, if she can sell, then I can as well. And I really like being able to empower people like that.
0: So we we'll talk about sales a lot, but generally people in, in business talk more about marketing, which is kind of a little bit softer. What would you say the differences are between sort of sales and marketing?
1: Oh, right, okay, so and quite often, just to be clear, people will ask me what I do, and I, I go, I, I'm in sales. And they go, oh, sales and marketing. And I go, no, sales. And the key difference to me is marketing is reactive. So you send a load of um, emails and then you sit there and you cross your fingers and you go like this, fingers crossed, the phone will ring. <laughs> Someone will email me, a check will come in the post. Um, so it's very much like you chuck it all out there and you just cross your fingers. That's literally, it's just hope and wishing. Whereas I see that sales is proactive because sales is actually get going and doing something about it it's going and picking up the phone and ringing someone and saying look i've got this great opportunity do you want to be part of it it's about going network networking and meeting and saying, you know what i've got this fantastic solution i think it'd be great if you let's have a coffee about it it's about making something happen and i think to me that's the big difference now increasingly and i don't know what your views on this are but i think increasingly marketing is becoming more proactive things like chatbots and some of the digital innovations. Um, and equally, I think that sales is leading a little bit more in towards the marketing. So I do think they're becoming a little bit more overlapped in the digital world. Um, but that's what I really see the difference is. And I think that if you wanna be successful in your business, it's really easy to send an email and then just sit there and hope, because that's really safe. But actually to me, yeah. that's not gonna drive your business forward. And you know, sitting and hoping isn't gonna pay your mortgage. So that's why I get really excited about enabling and empowering people to go out and sell. Because if you get excited about selling, then you can make that happen whenever you want. You know,
0: that's true. Yeah, but it's like if you're not excited about your product, <laughs> if, you can, if you come across and your sales is all down and things, you, you, mm. nobody wants to buy your product, do they? No matter mm-hmm. how good it is. See, so, yeah, I think you have to be excited about the sales element because that excitement will transfer as in people see you excited about your products as well. I think.
1: And quite often, that's why you set up a business. You set up a business because you wanted to do this and offer this amazing thing mm-hmm. to people. You know, it might be a website, you know, a, a website that's going to change their business. It might be that you wanted to offer some HR advice. It's going to change the way they work with their employees and make sure their business has better business, rela- you know, internal relationships. It could be any of these things, but at the end of the day, you set up your business because you're excited about what you do. So really, if you're not going out there and sharing that excitement with people by selling it then you're kind of doing yourself and them a a disservice you know you want people to 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 see what a great solution it is that you can give them so that you can change their business and their lives with what you're amazing at
0: I always wondered how you've managed to keep those excitement levels up to be honest (laughs) known you for a while now
1: Um,
0: and I don't think I've ever seen you without a smile on your face but
1: I think I honestly believe that, like, you know, you've got to be excited about life because, you know, what else is there? You know, every day is like just a new adventure. Um, and you've got to remember, I am the woman who wanted to be Indiana. So every day I think, come on, what mission am I going on? What quest am I going on? What artifact am I going to find today? Um, so, yeah, it's something for me it's a bit of a mindset thing around that. I get, I, I do sort of think in terms of, like, what adventure are we going to have next? And I think that really helps you be excited about life you know the way that the prison that you look at it through now the indiana
0: jones of sales <laughs> <laughs> there we go so you've been in business you said for about six years now so you've probably come across a few challenges in that time is there any oh, want to talk about?
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait,
0: is there any you want to talk about
1: um, oh god, where do you want to start? Yeah. Um, I think that if, I think we all have loads of different challenges. I think that some of the stuff that I've found challenging along the way has been when I've had to make a big change. So for example, um, I got to a point uh, about 18 months ago where I realised that I couldn't keep doing what I was doing because I'd just run out of time. I'd run out of resource. I'd run out of energy. So I had to outsource but that at that point it was like i hit like this big brick wall about i need to do something different but i don't know what it is um there's been stuff around uh, I think getting out there and really identifying what it is you're amazing at as well, because I've always been involved in sales, but actually getting really clear on the people that I can really help, that's been a challenge as well. Um, so I think that there's so many of these things that we come up every day. The big learning that I've had with all of this, though, has been that um, whatever challenge you come up against and whatever you know, issue you have, there's always people out there to help you. The trick is to ask. And I think the biggest challenge for me is sometimes being to say to other people, "I'm really struggling with this. How can I? How can I do things differently? What would you suggest?" And I actually benefit from other people's experience. And um, a lot of the solutions that I came up with along the way were all based on uh, other people saying to me, "Well, why don't you try this or have a go at that?" Rather than just keep banging your head against the same brick wall, you know.
0: But so i mean we, we know you know because you put things on facebook or on linkedin saying you know i've got this problem and then suddenly you get all these people trying to tell to you how, how would you go about trying to decide who do i listen to who should i trust here who i'll
1: be really honest i i don't know about you but like i've got like a group of biz- well you're one of my business buddies aren't you if i had a, I so. if I had a problem and i thought you know what <laughs> Based on his experience, Pierre's the right person here. Yeah, I would pick up the phone, you know, say, Pierre, can you help me with this? So I think that the business relationships we make um, and the the trust that we build, even if we don't currently need the solution that someone's uh, offering or even if we, we don't even need their business service, we just need their business insight. I think that's super important. I think especially for smaller businesses when you're, you know, when you're on your own. So I'm on my own with a a virtual team that I use. Um, You know, it's great to be able to speak to other people around that.
0: How do you find that managing sort of a virtual team rather than a sort of a physical team in a a location?
1: Um, I've got to be honest, Zoom is a godsend.
0: (laughs) Everybody's and, um, saying that way. <laughs> I mean,
1: at this moment in time. But interestingly, even before all of the current situation, like, too great. And and I've got to be really honest. Uh, there's loads of proper like project management and team management software out there. I've got to be frank. We've got a Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> So I we have a there's, there's a Facebook group called Team Tastic, um, which is all where all the internal team, um, you know, if they've got a problem or a query or something like that, they actually post it on the Facebook group, and normally someone else comes back and says, oh, the stuff's over there or it's in the Dropbox. And I know there's loads of official software you can use, but actually it works, you know, and it's quite nice because it's a little bit more informal, which for me, um, all of my team are. Um, professionals at what they do so they don't need um you know that they're all independent they're all self-starting they all know what they need to be doing they don't need like loads of guidance and support from me or from anyone else so it's just a really informal way of just quickly saying oh what about this oh i've got this or here's this if anyone needs it um so yeah well Who who thought facebook is i think
0: that's quite a key point you know picking up what works rather than going what should i be using you know just because lots of companies use slack and Maybe, oh, that's what I should be using to manage my business. Why? If it makes your life more complicated, why? Keep it simple. And if software isn't helping you do that, then it's the wrong software for you, no matter-
1: And I mean, ironically, um, I mean, there's some, there's some software that I absolutely adore, but I think it does just show that, you know, and sometimes it's where people are. I mean, the bottom line is like, all my team is around on Facebook. So, you know, I'm in and out of Facebook a couple of times a day, by default, anyway, and um, I've used Slack before, and I've got to be honest, I hated it. I think it's a Marmite I'm not thing. Not a fan of it, to be it. honest. Yeah, I think people either love it or hate it, but um, couldn't get away with it. So, and as saying, all my team are in and out on on Facebook anyway, so just it's convenient, you know.
0: Why not? <laughs> well, so that's how the chat so is over. So, what would be your top tip for if you want to sell more?
1: Uh, I think definitely you need to get your systems in place. Um, I think there's, like, there's three key things. I think sales is about three things and they're three really easy things. That's what's really good. And you know me, you know me, Pia, like, I like to keep it simple. It's about three things, it's about people and the people bit is just about being able to have a conversation. I mean like, look, we're both doing it now. Like we can all have a conversation. So tick, like everyone can do that. The second thing is about having a process. And I think that this is where quite often people have a bit more of a challenge. But it's about knowing, you know, from the first time you meet someone, either online or face to face, whatever it might be, you know, what is the process to get them to the point of buying something? Um, and then really, I always say it's like the passion. It's like that enthusiasm to talk about your product or service um, and so on and so forth. And, and interestingly, I think for me, um, that process, it doesn't have to be really complicated. But this is where I think, you know, like we were saying earlier on about that blur that's now happening between marketing and sales. And I think it's that whole thing, because quite often the beginning bit of that process will quite often be linked into your marketing, so on and so forth. I mean, I'm a big fan of ConvertKit. I don't know if you've come across that before.
0: I've heard of ConvertKit, yeah.
1: Oh my goodness. I moved to use ConvertKit about a year ago now, and I just, it's like, it was like a brand new world, like, it's amazing. But what that means is that when I get to know people, either online or or face-to-face, um, one of the first things I'll normally point them to is a is a resource that I can offer them. You know, I'll give them something. It's a really nice way of validating my expert status. And it's also really nice for them to, to see what I do. But then by doing that, I, I just need to point them to somewhere. And I've got all, it's all automated stuff that goes off with like lead stuff and, you know, these little challenge things. And then they can have this and they can have the other. But all the time that's being managed on an automatic basis. What they're actually doing is they're coming into my funnel ready for me to start on that sort of like small sales approach kind of thing um so definitely i think you know that process is the thing that most people are missing what i tend to find is loads of people have got two things they've got lead magnets here and they've got something they're selling here and if you say to them brilliant how are you going to get them from the lead magnet to the thing you're selling and that's my people kind of go well i don't know Okay, well, if you haven't got anything between those two things, you're in trouble because there's literally no point in you having a lead magnet if it's not going to lead you to one of your sales products. And I think that's a bit that quite often I end up working with people on and quite often, you know, I'm saying, okay, well, they've, you know, they've consumed some of your content. They've had a lovely lead magnet. They've got to know you a little bit. You know, why not pick up the phone and say hello to them? Why not pick up the phone and say, or you, you drop an email and say, look, I noticed that you'd recently had XYZ. I'd love to hear how that went for you. You know, institute a conversation because once a sales is just a conversation, but you need to move from sending people almost generic stuff to a personal conversation because to me, that's when you can start to move towards actually making an offer and getting someone to buy something for you. So, um, yeah, that was a bit of a long
0: answer, wasn't it? No, no, that's fine. You've actually also answered the second one as well, I, I think. But I think you've picked up a point, another difference there between kind of the sales and marketing. It sounds like marketing's here trying to expose your fee business. You no, know, you're on social media, you're giving out lead magnets and emails and all the rest of it. But then sales becomes the relationship part of that yes. funnel where actually you now need to speak to somebody and actually you've built up that trust online, that you've built up that following online but now go out and interact with them and actually build a, a face-to-face relationship, really, or at least a phone Absolutely. call.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I com- completely. And I mean, it doesn't have to be a phone call. I mean, it could be a DM on Facebook, if that's your thing, or it could be, you know, a, messenger, a message on LinkedIn, although, my goodness, LinkedIn Messenger at the moment is not a... That is, like, the most salesy place in the world right now, and not in a good way. It's, not, mean, no, it's
0: not even sales, is it, really? It's more oh, like... Buy hey, my stuff, like
1: it is literally and you're just like what is going on here i don't even know who you are and like you're trying to connect with me and your opening thing is like you know we should connect because we're in the same what is it i've been on your profile and uh, it looks like you're doing some great work with x so i would love to be connected so at the beginning i was like oh, okay we'll do that that will be good and then the next thing is great now we're connected we should really have a conversation about this thing that i do and that you would like to find i'm like I don't even know who you are, really. I thought you wanted to get to know each other. I thought there was some mutual some symbiosis. No, there's not. You just connected me to sell stuff at me. So yeah, sorry, mini rant about LinkedIn at the moment. No, no,
0: it, it's one of the valuable bearers as well. It's going back to what you said right at the beginning. How's that doing problem solving? That's yeah. all about you rather than them. And you said you, you said I think sales are problem solvers. So if you're not
1: Completely. solving a
0: problem, you're probably not selling really.
1: Absolutely. And you know, quite often it's what you were it's what you were saying before as well about, you know, how are you going to find out about someone's problem? Because I'm not going to tell you I've got a problem unless I already kind of know you and trust you and maybe you want to share that with you. So, um, so yeah, I think there's a, a huge thing about that. It's not um I think it's not ideal, shall we say? Um, and it's such a shame. It really is such a shame because um, I used to really like LinkedIn, but I, I am a little bit uh, going off at it at the moment, just for that one reason. But uh, there we go.
0: I think people are starting to wise up that maybe it doesn't work as much now. But we've still got quite a lot of novices uh, doing yeah. it. Great opportunity for you. Sales technique. It's not really working for you, is it? Yeah. Try something different. Yeah how do they know you're even their target audience
1: well well, this is the whole thing i mean you know (laughs) people are just doing generic searches and they're just targeting anyone and it's just it is just it just makes me feel a bit sick if i'm honest with you because it, it it's the worst kind of sales that like completely cold approach and it's very much straight in at the kill like you know do you want to buy my stuff and you're just like well i don't know who you are i don't know what you do you don't know anything about me, like why would I wanna do that? So yeah, it's a bit sad because actually this is the kind of stuff that then makes people feel really icky themselves when they come to sell. Whereas actually, you know, you're never gonna sell like that. I'm never gonna sell like that. So why do I need to feel icky about it? That's them, it's not me but it is that whole thing. It's like the the double glazing salesperson or the used car, you know, they've got some really bad reputations, but we've all been in that seat in the showroom, being pressured into trying to to get us to spend more money than we wanted to on something that, you know, we don't necessarily need on a car. So I think we've all been in that seat. And because we've been in that seat on like the receiving end, like we've got this like internal aversion to, well, if I sell, I'm going to be like that person. You know what you're not the very fact that you're saying i don't want to be like that means that you're not going to be like that but um yeah so linkedin is is turning into that kind of a place i think
0: the thing is i think with sales a lot of targets and commission has probably tarnished the industry because that's what obviously if you've got to put bread on the table for your family and you pay it on commission <laughs> or you've got to reach a certain level of targets in order to maintain your job then that you stop thinking about the customer because it suddenly comes down to I have to do this and then that's where the pressure comes in then you just start alienating people so i mean what's your view on kind of setting sales targets and and things like that Um, that's the effect that it's having
1: i think this is all about ethical selling and i also think it's about actually what works (laughs) yeah but i've got to be really honest you know at one point in time you could sit there in a call center and churn out 120 calls and you'd hit your target and just sell whatever to whoever. Like life's not like that anymore because you won't even take that phone call. Never mind buy something over the phone anymore. So the, I think the landscape has changed. So I believe that everybody should have a sales target, even like business owners. I think quite often as small businesses. I talk to people and I'll say, "So what's your target?" And they'll say, "Oh, to do more than I did last month." Like, right. <laughs> well um
0: how much more that's brilliant
1: yeah how much more what does that look like and i think that quite often people are scared to come up with a number but in doing so they make a real challenge for themselves because it means they don't push themselves you know if if you know that you need to do oh i don't know let's let's keep the numbers really easy okay let's say over a year you wanted to turn over one hundred twenty thousand pounds That means your target per month needs to be £10,000. I said I needed easy maths, didn't I? You know, that that means your target for a month needs to be £10,000, which means that pretty much your target for a week needs to be £2,500. So now you know that actually per day you need to sell £500. Now, if all of your products are (laughs) £4.50...
0: That's a lot of (laughs) things.
1: Yeah, that's never gonna work. That's like a real like, you know, you've gotta you're doing real volume sales there, like you've got to have a plan about that. Um whereas if your um if your product value is nine thousand pounds, you think, well, really I only need to do one and a bit per month and I'm sorted. But this is the kind of clarity that people don't have. So they have something that they wanna achieve over the space of a year. But because they never work it back, they never work out what that looks like, it's really hard for them to be successful there. Because if, just pretend you had a 500 pound product, therefore you need to sell five a week, and you knew that to make one sale, you had to make 40 phone calls, then you can start to do the metrics. It says, well, actually, if I do 40 phone calls a day, I'm gonna sell one thing a day, which is 500 pounds, which means over a week, I'll do two and a half thousand pounds, which means, so you can see how you can work that all out and come up with your own sales recipe. So many people don't do that. And instead they're just like, how much would you like to sell? Well, as much as I can. Well, that's great, but it doesn't focus you. If you're focused on in order to hit my target this month, I need to sell one more of this product that really focuses you on so who have I spoken to? about this product already, who do I need to go back and catch back up with? Who else would this be a great fit for? Who else do I you know, do I need to start a marketing campaign to, to get them into my ecosystem? But I think it gets it starts to focus your thinking. Now I know exactly what you're saying though about um, this whole thing about really what it is, is miss selling. And I think in bigger businesses there's definitely previously been some issues around that where it is like, just sell anything to anyone. It doesn't really matter. I think the good thing is, is that increasingly in larger businesses, um, they are going down like this ethical consultative sales route. And to be honest with you, Peter, there's two reasons for that. One is, is that what they've realized is you can sell to someone once, but if you do it like that, you'll never sell to them again. And actually, most of the time, the money is in that, the additional sell, you know, the, the lifetime value of a customer um but the second thing about it is is that actually it's so much harder to sell like that so even if you're sat on the phone now what you're really trying to do is find the people whose problem you can solve because i know and they know and the person on the, other end of the phone knows that if you're not solving a problem you're gonna have a really hard job selling it so it's some of it's about out of sheer laziness and making your life easy you want to find the people with those problems so i do think that we've had in, in certain industries some real precious sales around that. And I still think even quite recently, like PPI, for example, yeah. very blanket, very, you know, thing of, you know, sort of, uh, you know, blanket approach, very scripted, very do 3000 calls, get two sales out of it. Your target's done. Um, but I don't think that that's the norm anymore. And that's a good thing because I think sales it is need a good thing, to, yeah. you know, have a better reputation than that. You know what I'm going to so, ask now though, don't you? Go on. You've got
0: a sales target. <laughs> I'm, you know me. I, I like to play around with things on my computer. and I, I don't like the sales side of things. I'm... Re- you
1: know, you know what? really you, bad at saying getting a, excel, get a, new, a excel sheet out and i promise you it's like in my office right the way that i do this obviously is is we were talking yeah. about earlier i'm working I'm from home at the moment the current situation but in my office i have a big whiteboard and on my yeah. big whiteboard i have like the 12 months
0: oh, i've seen it yeah
1: target for each month and then i have my forecast with stuff so i know exactly where i am and i honestly the 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 almost not just the focus, but the peace of mind that can give you is so nice to have. So I know it's a scary thing to do, but totally give it a go. That's my challenge to you.
0: (laughs) There's one thing you said though, because you can have these targets and and things like that. So yeah, I want to make a taking the example you said 120,000 pounds a year. So therefore, I need to do one sale a day at 500. But earlier on in the conversation, you was you were talking about when you reach your capacity. So I think people, you know, it's nice to have those targets and, and that'll do it but actually how many hours are you going to be working a day like if you've got to get one sale a day and it's going to take you 40 phone calls is that going to take you longer than a normal working day and actually is that what worth
1: does that it because like? people enjoy
0: not business and a lot of them they go oh that's it that i'm going to make loads and loads of money and they never think about it, actually
1: capacity the work and behind how it up and you know what and that is such a great point because that's exactly why you should do this because if you uh obviously i've just been talking to my video editor earlier on the day and he's hitting capacity and we've just been having a conversation about what that might mean for him um and essentially where he is now and um, he's in a great position where he's now thinking about i'm going to outsource some of it but also i'm going to put some of my price ups so and i don't need to sell as many things to make the same money um, and equally, if I put the price up a bit, I can afford to outsource some of that work. I think the thing is, is that sometimes we don't actually get to the point of thinking about that. So we don't think in order to make my financial target for the year, the money that I would like to make, I'm going to have to sell 20,000 widgets. We don't we never have that like complete recognition. So this is one of the reasons it's a good idea to track back on targets because if all of a sudden you find, right, well, for me to sell one of this thing, I need to make 40, 40 phone calls. And actually I haven't got the time to do that five days a week. So therefore I can't hit my targets. That says something about what you need to be thinking about. And what you need to be thinking about is either how can I do it in 20 calls a day? Or is this the right price point for this product? Should I be selling a higher value product? Should I be doing X, Y, Z? But I think they're upfront decisions you can make rather than I think what often quite happens is people get to capacity and they're still not making the money that they want. And the reason for that is they've never actually worked it backwards to say, well, if I want to make this amount of money, this is you know what that needs to look like. And it, there's a huge... So you know, quite often I'll, I'll be able to say, right, so I need to sell one more day's training more day's training this month and i'm like done whereas if it was if i didn't have a target i'd be like right well i need to sell some more stuff it makes it so much more vague but also it means that my value on a day's training or whatever else i'm selling is entirely in line with that end goal that i've got does that make sense
0: it does make sense i mean one of the things that 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 i do when i I look at targets is actually I kind of go. This is the minimum that I need, you know, to pay overheads, make a living, etc. This is my capacity, and I probably should aim somewhere around here. Um, so I tend to do. I've got this one spreadsheet, and I tend to do three of them um, based on that. I don't, I don't know. Is that something you do similar, or do you kind of just go sales maximum sales? <laughs>
1: Um, I I personally work all my targets on where where I want to end my year on. So on a turnover basis. And some people do their their, their targets based on profit or whatever. I mean, there's those different ways to targeting. Um, Some people do it based on units. For me personally, I have a financial target on my turnover for the year, and then I work it back. Now, I know what my costs are, but like you, I know exactly per month what, what pays the bills, if that makes sense. But I also know the difference between that and what I actually want to achieve. So my target is what I want to achieve. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason for that is that that's how you want to end up. Also, you know, I think we, we work really hard run our own businesses. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's great if you're paying the bills, but really, you know, you want to be in a position where you're making the money that you want to make and equally being able to lead the life that you want in line with that. And I think that it really helps with things like your pricing and your products. If you're constantly aiming at what you want to achieve, rather than that, like sort of like you know, pay the bills kind of figure.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think there's definitely a a middle ground between burning yourself out and just getting by, and definitely. Yeah, completely. You talked about Facebook and uh, ConvertKit. Do you have a other piece of software that's your favourite, and why?
1: Uh, You know what? I I realised like when we were talking about this interview, I realised that because at the beginning I was like, I don't really use lots of software. Well, apart from that, oh well, and that, oh, and I mean, I couldn't be without that. <laughs> oh, and well, of course, oh my goodness. So, I worked out there's two other bits of software that, like, you'd probably have to, you know, chop my arm off before I'd let you get rid of. And one of them is Book Like a Boss. Now, I love this, it's an online booking system. And I mean, there's loads of them out there, there's like Acuity and Calendly and stuff like that. I love Book Like, the Bo- like a Boss just because I love the, the name. <laughs> because like you know oh like a boss and <laughs> um, but what I think is brilliant about this is I think a lot of businesses especially service businesses um, might not think that they've got a need for it I love it because you know that thing when someone says like, oh we should totally have a coffee about that oh we should totally have a catch-up we should totally do this that and the other now the two things about that are is that one is is it's a pain trying to organize your diaries So it's really easy if you can literally just send them a link and just say, yeah, just there's access to my diary. Just book it in kind of thing. Um, That makes life really easy. And also it takes the onus off you. So it means that, you know, when they're ready, they can come and book that in. The second thing about it is, is that you can time bind that. So whenever I do that, they're 15 minute sessions, like little 15 minute time slots. And that's really helpful as well, because I think so often, um, you know, we, we end up drinking a lot of coffee, giving a lot of free advice <laughs> you know we're all busy we have targets to hit come on jump, jump, you know so i think that i found that's really helpful in a way of time binding um you know that that time doing that stuff and that's not because i don't want to spend time talking to people or anything like that it's because in reality as you know you know you've got other stuff to do with your day There's only so much of your time you can dedicate to catching up and talking to people. And what I've found is since moving to that for like coffee um, is that people tend to be more respectful of that time because they can see it's a 15 minute slot. So it's really helpful. Um, so I love that system. And actually, I do chargeable sessions through there as well. So you can sell through that as well, which is really well, helpful handy. because it means that if people want to spend an hour picking my brains, they can actually buy your session yeah. off there. And again, it's really hands off for me, which is fantastic for that kind of product, I think. So, and I guess I you can also set the
0: address as well, can't you? So rather than people trying to get you to go out to them for free, when you send that they get the confirmation, well done, you're booked in, here's where we're meeting. And then it's on your terms, mm. which will hopefully save you some you time can. as
1: well. And with me, it hooks straight into Zoom and it sets up the meeting on Zoom, so like done in a warner, which is great because it just means I don't need to do anything. All that happens is that drop drops into my calendar, which is so nice. And it just saves so much time. Even like I know people use like Doodly. is it doodle? No, doodle, that's what it is, isn't it? Doodle's good
0: for you if you're trying to get lots of people together. Doodling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um and I've and I've used that before as well, but um I just really like this because generally it's like one to one and uh, it just means it's not my problem anymore <laughs> not my problem so that's one I like an online one, pa for you yeah it's a bit like that and and so there's that one and the other bit of software that i really love is um it's a presentation software which is called beautiful um ai i started using this about like six months ago now and it's because i i'm not the most uh creative person shall we say so my slides and stuff are really important because it's my professional image, but actually they're not the things that I find the easiest to do. So I started using Beautiful Art AI and I love it because it puts together beautiful presentations, like really simply. There's a player so you can use it all offline as well. But the other thing that I really like about it is you can even embed it on like your websites and stuff. So I've now used that to do like lead magnets and things like that, where actually people go to the website and there's a player and in the player there's a mixture of presentation slides and video and it just okay. looks really super cool so um i think that would be the other one that i pay for every month and yeah that and convert kit those monthlies i i just you know i wouldn't i would not go at the pub for a night to make sure i could pay for those instead really
0: <laughs> wow They're they're even better than a pint or a glass of wine, maybe.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I'm not sure. There's other stuff that I use. I mean, I'm a big user of like. Although I'm a Mac user, Mm. I use uh, all the office suite. I mean, I think everybody does, don't they? I mean, even on Mac, you can't get away. I I just, I think the usability um, of Office is just great. Um, I use iMovie all the time, but this is what happens, isn't it? You start to think about all the software that we use day to day, and you suddenly go, oh, my God, there's, like, loads of it, isn't there?
0: Off of what I spend is all on software or some sort of something to do with a website or something. You mentioned um, the name of But Like a Boss and how you like that. I'm curious to know how you named your business, like, But like, It's such oh a unique goodness. name, but it's such a great name as well. I've never asked you how you came up with it.
1: You know what? Okay, so when I was setting up my business, I I had all these grand ideas for names, and then I I did that thing that everyone does, which is you go online and you go, "Can't get the website." Oh, I can't get the website. And my friend at the time—I've just said I'm not very creative. My friend was head of marketing at the business I I was I was in last, and she was on maternity leave. And I was talking to her, and I said, "Oh, you know, I can't come up with a name. Like all the good names are taken." Um, and just out of interest, I couldn't even tell you what those good names were, but at the time, they seemed like these were amazing names, but they weren't available. And um, she said, oh, I'm sure you'll come up with something. And it's 3 a.m. in the morning. My phone started to beep. And she'd been up. She's not like, breastfeeding her child. <laughs> and she would be like, I'm so bored. But I came up with all these great names. <laughs> and Buzztastic was one of them. And I was like immediately really excited about it because actually, I don't know, you probably won't know, but I used to keep bees. So um, oh, okay. it felt like buzz, bees. I thought, oh yeah, I could really get on board with that. And um, I was able to get all the names and everything. The only thing I haven't got is the .com address, which is really annoying. Oh. <laughs> somebody's got that and they keep saying, well, you could buy it for only 7,000 pounds. And I'm like, no. No, but every year it's going up. <laughs> every oh, year again, no. You could buy it for eight thousand. Oh man, so it's really frustrating, but um, yeah, so and I love my company name, I absolutely love it. And actually, um, Buzz is obviously the company name, and quite often the tag that I use is Be Sales Tastic. Right. So, and I love that because it's like you can make sales fantastic. Just by being sales tastic.
0: Sales tastic. So you've got all these little play on <laughs> words on it. I, I really like the name actually. It's very unique, and it, I think it fits well with your personality. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> when you think about buzz, you think of something very exciting and colourful.
1: It's really funny as well. Like I've got a couple of like um, a couple of clients who I mean I've been on retainer with on them for like oh, god probably nearly six years and i and go in a couple of times a month normally uh and literally they'll be like oh look buzz is in the building
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: they call me buzz i will be like oh buzz come get a meeting with you about this that and the other or whatever so yeah it's so uh, it's really funny but i don't have a problem with that at all i think it's hilarious
0: looks like your next day uh, halloween costume will be a a buzzy bee or something um, so, before you go, how can people connect with you?
1: Oh, right, okay, so come find me on LinkedIn, just don't spam me on the messages, because I love LinkedIn, <laughs> I am a bit of a fan. But the will get is, blocked. I mean, yeah, you will get blocked, you'll connect with me, I'll accept, and then you'll message me and I'll just get rid of you. So come and find me on LinkedIn, of course you can find me on my website, which is buzztastic.co.uk. But the thing I'm really excited about at the moment is, I don't know if you know about this, I've started a YouTube channel. Ooh. I know, I'm like so super excited about it. I have 43 subscribers, and none of those are my mum, so I'm dead proud of that fact, <laughs> because I haven't asked her yet, okay? Um, so they're all actually genuine people. So I've, I've had a I've set up a YouTube channel about, um oh, be about two months ago now, just before um, like the COVID situation kicked off. Uh, and I'm putting out weekly content there so it would I would love anyone who want to come and take a partake of all my videos it's all there's no charge in any of it it's loads of great advice and and um, you can get that there the channel is called b-sales-tastic so if you have a search for b-sales-tastic you'll actually find the channel and all of the videos there and I would love it if you hit the subscribe button so there you go there's my big plug
0: You've not plugged it, but I, so I'm going to plug it for you, but you've also got a Facebook group, haven't you? Which I'm in, and I've had loads of value out of it, actually, so I'm going to plug that I one. I do, yeah. <laughs> well.
1: and, it, and actually, the Facebook page, um, I've got some live stuff going out on there coming up as well, so oh. you know, go head across on the page. Just come and find me on social, basically. That's, yeah, I'd love Just to type in sales
0: plastic and they'll find yeah. you. Yeah.
1: We will, yeah, we'll put in that. Uh, we'll put in a little link at the bottom there, and that'll be, it'll be in the comments or something. I'm sure.
0: Brilliant. Well, thanks for coming on it. It's been really appreciated because I think sales is one of those topics that, you, like you said, people are quite uneasy about. So I'm sure they'll get a lot out of it. So thank you very much for coming. on. It's been great having you.
1: Oh, it's been great. It's been really nice catching up with well, Peter. So you as one of my business buddies, it's been lovely to um, come on and and be part of the podcast as well. It's a uh, super super excited to be part of it and it's lovely to catch up with you as well
0: thank you remember listeners to check out the enterprise plus community and linkedin group go and start your business today